Sunday. Bring your best meal. Terry and Tracy are moving and we are celebrating. Um, yes, we are going to honor them, not celebrate. The fact that they are moving up to Bernie. Oatmeal raisin cookies are my favorite. Ramona, if Ramona's here, peach pie is always good. Just, just a few things. The family of Myrna Westmoreland, thank you for being here this morning. The beautiful flowers here in front of us were from uh, that family. We thank them for sharing that vibrant uh, arrangement with us today. I was honored to be able to speak at Myrna's uh, funeral yesterday. Myrna and Ray have been friends of mine for uh, about two decades, and I had learned to love them and was honored to be a part of that. Uh, let's pray as we start today's lesson. Father God, uh, thank you for bringing us together as your people today. As your chosen people, as your holy people, as your people on a mission for you. Father, thank you for allowing us to set apart a time to focus on you for a few minutes. Lord God, we love you and we do thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's lesson, uh, if you want to, we will be uh, looking at James 1, 2 through 4, but then we will also bounce around to other scriptures uh, throughout the lesson, but that is going to be our focal point. As we start today, I want to uh, try to center our thinking on a couple of things. First of all, Christianity in times of global pandemic has been blank. Fill in that blank uh, for me for just a moment for you and your own mind, but Christianity has been a time of, and I'm going to say for me, uh, the first thing is it's been overwhelming. You see, a viral storm besieged us and decisions had to be made about an invisible microscopic organism. It created within our own culture, and in, in fact, uh, the whole world, I believe, a new vocabulary. Uh, as, as leaders and as a people, we had to learn about virology. We had to learn what it meant to be quarantined. And then they started throwing out things like social distance and different things of that nature. Also overwhelming was the fact that information was coming from many sources and resources. And as, uh, as in, in why that was overwhelming, because information, when you don't know anything about something is good, the fact was the sources and resources were reliable and unreliable, sometimes from the same person, sometimes at the same time. 
Christianity in times of global pandemic has also been frustrating. It's been frustrating because all of a sudden the doors are shut and what do you do when you have a week to prepare for next Sunday's lesson and you're not sure who, what, where, when, how you're going to be bringing a lesson to folks. Folks don't know how they're going to be worshiping. People are just left waiting and wondering. It was frustrating as we made the pivot to live stream, and then we made a pivot to the drive-in live stream. We made the pivot back to the inside uh, for a while, then we actually went back to a drive-in live stream uh, ad nauseum. It was just frustrating, and I know it was frustrating for each and every one of you. Global pandemic has also been tiring. It, it is meant for, for uh, staff more content creation. Uh, it has also been frustrating because, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm not really an introvert. I'm uh, more of an extrovert, so infrequent personal contact in times of global pandemic uh, has been horrible. Not being able to see my good friends like Higgy over here, who I have not had enough Higgy time in quite a while. But we are also involved in processes that were destined to cause discomfort and anger. Now, here's what I really believe Christianity in times of global pandemic has been. This is what it all boils down to. It is actually a call to perseverance of faith in Jesus. Do you catch that? It's not about being tired. It's not about being frustrated. It's not about being overwhelmed. It's about centering in on what is most important. You see, perseverance is so important. Our Christian life has become more uncomfortable because of global pandemic. Misinformation has become more commonplace because of global pandemic. Many people during the global pandemic have drawn lines in the stand and said, I will not do blank. Many made decisions to speak their truth, no matter how much it hurt others. I believe that Christianity in times of global pandemic has been a time, now catch this, a time to cling on to the only real truth available. Are you with me now? The only real truth available to you and me is this, Jesus. The only real truth available to you and me is Jesus. Come on, say it with me now. A time to cling on to the only tr real truth available is what? It's Jesus, okay? I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus was the same before the pandemic, and it's going to be the same after. There's not going to be any change in his position. It, he went to the cross. He died for our sins. He was resurrected, and he wants you to know about it. And he wants us to tell others. So even though we have all these things going on, we have all this squabbling among people, the fact of the matter is, if we got off task, that was our fault. Because Jesus remained the same. You see, perseverance is what we as Christians have to be about. 
So what is perseverance? It is steady persistence in a course of action uh, or a purpose, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Now, during the global pandemic, did any of those things happen? Oh, absolutely. Now, as far as theology is concerned or, or your faith is concerned about perseverance, it's continuance in a state of grace to the end, that leading to salvation. Okay, perseverance. We need to remain faithful to the end, and we have to persevere in our faith, persevere in our belief, and persevere in proclaiming and praising Jesus. James 1, 2 and 3 says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren. You encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. I believe endurance here is perseverance. Uh, perseverance here is going to let us end up where we need to be. Now, I believe that the secret, we're going to talk about a secret. The secret of all relationships is perseverance. Are you with me now? The secret of all relationships, our relationships with one another, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, we have to be willing to persevere in all situations. And what, here's what I know about relationships. First of all is you will encounter trials. If you uh, have a relationship with another human being, I am going to assure you that in some point you disagreed with them. You see, that's just the nature of it. Just because we disagree, just because we don't see eye to eye, doesn't mean we don't have relationship, it just means we disagree. What we also understand is that trials produce resolve. If you are in a trial, if you are in a struggle, you will get to the root of the issue so that you know more about what the problem is. And then you can start coming up with solutions. But I believe most of all what resolve is, it is the decision to stay in the relationship. It's the decision that even though we are on a rocky road, even though we're climbing a hill, even though we haven't topped out and actually uh, come to an understanding yet, the fact is we are still in communication. You see, resolve leads to endurance. Endurance leads to perseverance. And perseverance is the decision to keep on keeping on. We may not want to continue in the back of our mind to not be in relationship with someone that we disagree with. But then we have to start considering what Jesus says. You will be forgiven as you forgive others. You will have mercy as it, oh wait, as, as you have mercy for others. We are, we are called to be people of perseverance. 
Now, as we stop for just a second, man, is this easy? No. Uh, is, is it, uh, I mean, persevering in the times of struggle stinks because you hurt, because you're beaten down, because you're stressed. But the call, the call is to hang in there. See, long-term relations with others are founded on the forgiveness of wrongs suffered and the decision to stay, not write others off. In today's world, uh, as we are in the midst of relationships, uh, it's, it's as if we have remote controls in our hand. If Gary makes me mad by what he does, all I do is point my remote control at him and boom, somebody else pops up. I can just change the channel on him. But that's not what God says to do. It's, it's what our culture does. In fact, if I don't like the channel right now, I can not only change the channel, I can change the provider. Because at my house, I don't know about yours, we have Hulu, we have Peacock, we have Netflix, we have DirecTV, we have, I'm sure we have something else too. And we find what we want to watch. Now, what I'm telling you right now is after the global pandemic, we are running out of shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have seen the good ones, and now we're, into, we're going, hey, this isn't going to be that bad. But still, but still, the decision to stay and not write others off. Endurance, the decision to stay produces, now get this, it produces something within you if you make that decision to stay, and that is faith. And faith is that is being perfected in Christ by choosing Jesus. See, if you say, uh, even though this person is, is being hurtful, I am going to love him. I am going to show him the love of Jesus Christ. You may not want to, you may not have it in you to, but you're called to because of Jesus. And I believe that the energy to do that is going to be supplied. See, lacking in nothing uh, spiritually is, is where we go. We may be feeling void, we may be feeling that we are at a loss, but that's when we call on Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your help now. Jesus, help me through this. But I also want to tell you what endurance does not mean. Endurance does not mean that we make the decision to be in a relationship where we are abusing others or being abused. See, if it's harmful or hurtful and it's causing uh, psychological injury or it is causing physical injury, you have to confront it. Abuse has to be confronted. You see, abuse is the improper usage or treatment for a bad purpose, often to unfairly or improperly gain benefit. And so we have to make sure that as we are doing this, that we are also doing it correctly. Romans 15, 4 through 6 says this. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 
Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a mouthful right there as we, as we look at that. But what I believe uh, the scripture is teaching there, what the Holy Spirit has laid down to us there, is that perseverance creates unity. You see, God's word tells us what, uh, we, what we need to know through his word. God's word encourages us to live the life that he would have us live. And what God's word has taught us and is teaching us is the power of perseverance. Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, perseverance is created by hard events. Perseverance happens because you have been struggling. Perseverance happens because there was a pothole uh, in the road, or, or perseverance is called because uh, you were going down the hill on a scooter and your child stopped in front of you. See, that's, what, that's what's happened to our sister Kim uh, Perez. Oh, wait, and by the way, Kim and Nick are watching right now. So if you want to, let's, uh, let's wave to, to Kim and, and Nick right now. Hey guys, and also, also they are, they are right now awaiting discharge orders. Let's have an amen there. You see, I almost forgot that, Kim, I'm sorry. He, Nick sent it to me right before I came up here. But notice this, though, perseverance is created by hard events. This last week for the Perez family, has been a trial, and it has been a time of perseverance. And, and I, I know that if you have Facebook, what you have seen is an outpouring of Kim to saying, hey, I have a bump on my head, the pain is real, but what I want to do is thank you for prayers, and you know what? Prayer is causing healing, and we need more praying tell you what it's been a life lesson for all of us so perseverance is created by hard events now re, now remember perseverance creates or proves character your your character or the cream rises to the top in the midst of the trial this this uh this perseverance creates hope the character proven character creates hope and life is more than just the moment. What we have to realize is uh, it's always more than just the event. Uh, life is a process. Life is bigger than any one event. But most of all, what this is showing as it is creating hope in us, it is demonstrating the love of God for us. We have prayed 
earnestly for Kim. We have laid it out before God that, that we need healing for Kim, and what we have seen is God has provided. And you can say amen there, please. But what we also see is that perseverance creates eagerness. And you're saying, how does me getting into a trial, uh, a bad diagnosis, a car wreck, falling down a hill, how can that cause me to become eager to serve God or eager about my faith? Well, it, it does because God says it does. Sometimes you have to listen to the Father, right? In, in Romans 8, 24 and 25, it says, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already has? But if we have hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. In the midst of the crisis, we begin wondering and waiting for God to act. And God does. God comes through. Now, I do want to interject there. He doesn't always answer the way we want him to, but God always does answer. You see, perseverance creates hope. Waiting and patience goes hand in hand. We are there waiting for the answer. We are waiting for something to happen. We are waiting to move on to what is next. Waiting for something creates anticipation. You see, waiting creates eagerness for the final product. And what the scripture here in 8, 24 and 25 tells us is simply that this, this waiting is causing us to persevere. You see, we are in the midst of the struggle. We know that there is something better out there, and we are waiting because there is a carrot of hope out here that is leading us on and forward because we know that God has something better in store for us and is right here in front of us. We have hope. In the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus, the fact of the matter is I always knew that something better was coming. And what I can tell you today is I still don't know what the better thing is, but I tell you, I know this, God rules and God saves and God is in control. God is taking us somewhere and we have to listen. We have to eagerly anticipate where he is going to take us. You want to know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because Christ is coming again. First of all, Christ actually, as, as it all boils down, the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty and Christ was not there. And so Christ was resurrected from the dead. And what he said as he was leaving is, I'm coming back to get you guys. We have to be eagerly anticipating the fact that Christ is coming again. Because Christ is coming to take us to glory. See, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the global pandemic, we cannot take that for granted. It may not be over, but the fact of the matter is, on the other side of the global pandemic is the glory of Jesus Christ, is the glory of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that means heaven 
is waiting for us. Folks, we can't sit around in doldrums. We can't act like we are in a time of loss. What we have to do is get excited. Get excited about this Jesus who saved us from our sins. Luke 8.15 says this. But the seed in the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Well, that word just pops up everywhere, doesn't it? it just, it's, it's just out there. God is, is seeking us to be people of perseverance. The good soil. God wants us to be good soil. Here in the parable of the soils, the devil takes the word from our heart if we let him. You see, some actually, according to this, some lack foundation and they fall away and the plant just dies. And some are choked out by the circumstances surrounding them. And folks, we have seen this in global pandemic. The parable of the soils was and is apparent. But here, the good soil. Here's the word with an honest and good heart. The heart remains open that even though bad times and struggles and hurts and abuse is happening, the fact of the matter is we know that on the other side lies the glory of God and that we can firmly grasp the message of God. And if we can do that, we can be consistently and persistently bearing fruit. You see, God wants us to be fruit bearers. God wants us to be, be, uh, be talking about his, his hope that he has for us. And he wants us to be letting other people know about it. All in all, perseverance helps us avoid the potholes of life. I've talked about potholes, and you know about potholes if you drive on the roads of California. You'll be going down the road and you're thinking, this is smooth sailing, I can go 95 miles an hour uh, down the freeway and all of a sudden there's a pothole the size of your car and you, boom, you're in it. And you are turned upside down and sideways and you are bounced around. And life is just like that. Life is like that. All of a sudden, during the smooth driving, uh, the bottom drops out and you are turned around. 1 Timothy 6, 11, and 12 says this, But flee from these things, you man of God. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, what I want to mention to you is, he says, flee from these things. Now, is he talking forward or backward there? Which way? Flee from these things? I don't believe I want to flee from the things that I mentioned just now. So we go uh, and learn what we need to flee from because we look backward in the context. Context is king. And in 1 Timothy 4 through 6, he says, flee from these things. Is what this, was, this should be right here, being conceited and understanding nothing. Morbid interest in controversial questions. Disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, 
constant friction between men of depraved minds and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. <laughs> Folks, as I look through that list, man, it, it just reminds me of global pandemics. I'm looking at these words that he says for us to flee from, to stay away from, and it was so easy to get caught up in it. It was so easy to be part of, uh, of the crowd that is, is wondering what's going on and having disputes about words, which I don't even understand in the first place. So 1 Timothy 6, 4 through 6 is a summary of what we experienced during the pandemic. And I'm going to say it, you can agree with me or not agree with me, but love me afterwards anyway. It was a lack of understanding. It was a morbid interest in controversy. There was abusive language going on. There were evil suspicions, and there were constant friction between men of depraved minds. It was just there. That's, that's what we were living on. If you were watching any TV news, uh, CNN, Fox News, the, the word news, I don't know, you name it, it was on there. This is what was happening, and it was wrong. But you see, perseverance. See, what I want to talk about and redirect us to is perseverance. Because perseverance helps us pursue the righteousness of God. Listen to this. Hanging on to the moral and ethical structure provided by Jesus Christ. Do we need to do that? We do. We need to hang on to what Jesus has given us. Do we need to be about seeking peace when peace is needed? Can I get an amen there? This, these are things that we need to agree with. This is, this is Bible, folks. This is Holy Spirit inspired. It, it has come right out of God, uh, written down for us to understand. Also, loving one another as Christ loved the church. Hey, again, Scripture. This is Scripture telling us what we need to do in the time of the global pandemic that we may think has ended. I'm not sure if it has or if it hadn't, but if, it, if things are still going on, we need to be doing these things anyway. We have to also have a willingness to not be abusive. We have to have a willingness not to be degrading or hurtful to others, even, even when it seems that it is warranted. We need to be about doing good. We need to be about seeking peace among all men. So what do we need to pursue? Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. We need to pursue that. That, that means that we need to get on our horse and ride toward these things. If, if we have legs, we need to walk, uh, run, uh, shuffle. Whatever we need to do, we need to be headed in these directions. Uh, the goal, uh, that should be what's at the end of the row that we are striving toward. You see, God wants us to fight the good fight of faith. He wants us to hold up the message of Jesus Christ and let people know what it is. He wants us to take hold of the eternal life that he is bringing to us. And he wants us to keep the commandments without stain or reproach. God wants us to be headed in the right direction. 
Romans 2, 5 through 9 says this, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant in heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath in Revelation for the righteous judgment of God. And who will render to each person according to his deeds? Wow, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, comma, who will render to each person according to his deeds? To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality and eternal life. To those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. The Holy Spirit spells it out for us. The Holy Spirit is teaching us how we need to act. Uh, He also tells us what God is going to do. God is going to render judgment to each person according to his deeds. Now, thank goodness for the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is going to save us. It's going to be imputed into us and make us the creatures that we really need to be, even though we weren't the creatures that we needed to be. Note that the flesh has its rewards also. Stubbornness and lack of change of heart only have one result, that is the wrath of God. Folks, who wants the wrath of God today? No, I don't think so. Okay, God is going to let you or your choices become your outcome. You get to choose. Now, here's the, great, the greatness of God is this. God lets each and every one of you make the choice that you want to make. He, he, says, he says, you can do it this way or you can do it this way. It doesn't matter to me because I am going to judge you according to how you act. You see, it comes down to what you have not done versus what you have done. God wants you to make the right choice. And so here, the power of perseverance from verse 7. The promise of God has for those who are persevering in pursuing righteousness. Now get this, glory and honor and immortality, which is the eternal life with God. That is heaven. The power of of perseverance okay i ask you who wants the wrath of god who wants the gifts of the power of perseverance which is glory honor immortality in heaven i think i think we do don't we i know i do so how have you weathered the pandemic do you feel beaten up tired frustrated weary Are you angry because of the management of information? Are you hurting, lonely, or fearful of what is to come? Those are all real questions. Those are all real questions for all of us today. And what I say to you, if you're sitting here and you are tired and you are weary and you are heavy laden, I say listen to to Jesus. Jesus says, Come to me, all who, are levy, le, uh, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. 
In John 14, verses 2 and 3, it says this, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive to you myself that where I am, there you may also be. Folks, that's the lesson. The lesson is God wants you to persevere in the midst of global pandemic. God wants you to persevere uh, in the midst of the battle with cancer that you have. God wants you to, uh, to persevere through the fact that you may have uh, fallen down on a scooter and busted your head open. God wants you, if you are today, if you are aging and you are feeling tired and weary, God wants you to persevere. You see, God loves you. God wants you to be a part of him. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? Behind me is what I would call the, the baptistry, the baptis baptismal font, how, whatever you want to say. The water is up there behind me in the book of Acts the question is asked what do I need to do to be saved the answer was repent church word that means change 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 what you're doing change the direction of your life make the decision to go another way okay step number one repent step number two Repent and be baptized. Now, being baptized does not mean to be sprinkled. It does not mean to have water dripped on your head. What it means is to go all the way under the water and then raise back up. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And then what he says is, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll tell you what, that's, that's the power right there. You've gone down into the watery grave of baptism, and you have been raised up into newness of life. Romans 6 tells us right there that you have joined Jesus at the cross. You see, Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb, and he was resurrected. The baptistry is the same way. You go down in the water. You're under the water, and you cannot breathe, but then you are raised up into newness of life. So, folks, if by chance today you want to either recommit your life or if you want to commit to being a Christian today, come forward as we stand and as we sing.